During today's event, the President highlighted the heroism of our firefighters who undertake dangerous work to keep Americans safe. And he discussed the actions his administration is taking to improve emergency preparedness and keep Americans safe. The President and the Vice President then received an update from the governors about the situation on the ground. They discussed what their administration can do to support state and local response efforts and ensure the federal government's response is as quick and effective as, as possible. Driven by extreme heat, prolonged droughts, and the changing climate, as well as decades of forest management decisions, the 2021 wildfire season continues to outpace the devastating 2021 March fire season. Already this year, FEMA has approved 20 fire management assistance grants to help save regular reports on how wildfires are impacting communities across the country, and he will continue to, close, to closely monitor the severity of this situation. Uh, Cuba, our Cuba meeting today that the President is having. Uh, since the historic protests we witnessed in Cuba on July 11th, the President has been watching the events closely, as he stated before. He's made clear that Cuba is led by a failed repressive regime, and that communism is, is a universally failed ideology. That's why, from the start, the President has said that addressing this moment was a priority for the administration. We have said many times that Cuban Americans are the best ambassadors for freedom and prosperity in Cuba. As part of that, today, the President will host Cuban American leaders at the White House to discuss the demonstrations and the administration's response. In addition, we will also announced yesterday that the President is nominating Cuban-American Frank Mora to be the next U.S. Ambassador to the Organization of American States, a vital forum where we have and will continue to regularly urge the countries of the hemisphere to support a fundamental freedom, the fundamental freedoms of the Cuban American. And I know you love these, these pieces, our vaccination updates, and they're great. We're always happy to share them with you. Uh, so today we recorded over half a million new shots in arms, the highest number since 1st of July. And the average number of people getting their first shots each day is up 30% uh, over the past week alone. And this is the third week that states with the highest cases have the highest vaccination rates. Every day, Americans are making the choice to get vaccinated. This is an encouraging sign but we need everyone across the country to have a conversation with someone they know who is unvaccinated about getting the shot. This is how we will stop the spread of the Delta variant and, as we all know, save lives. Uh, finally, I have a quick uh, preview of the week ahead for all of you. The next week, uh, this next coming week, the President will continue engaging with members of Congress to pass the bipartisan infrastructure deal which will deliver historic infrastructure investments that will drive economic growth and create good-paying middle-class jobs. Also next week, the President will meet with Dr. Eric Lander, the Science Advisor and Director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy, about his plans in preparing for future pandemics. On Tuesday, the President will deliver remarks on the administration's progress delivering vaccines to the world to fight this pandemic.
On Friday, we will deliver remarks on the job report, as you all know, the first Friday of the month. And um, lastly, President uh, Biden will then travel to Republic Beach, Delaware, where he will name over um, the new governor. Alex, please take it away. Delta variant breaks through on 
appreciate the question. It's actually a very important question that we need to, and, and I'm happy to, to address all of them. Um, so since May, I just wanted to step back a little bit. Since May, the CDC and the administration have been crystal clear about the increased risk of the Delta variant in our pandemic response. And so I, I just want to run through a couple of examples because this is such uh, an important moment that we're in in fighting this pandemic. So in May, out of the concern of the spread of Delta, we restricted travel to India where it was growing. That is something that we did in May. And so that, as you know, that was many months ago at this point, or a couple months ago at this point. In the month of June, doctors from the Adnan listed local constituency and national media with over 400 media interviews with a clear message. Delta is a serious threat and getting vaccinated is the clear solution. So that was in the month of June, for the month of June. Throughout June, the president, Jeff Zeiss, and our medical experts spoke dozens of times to the threat of Delta, the threat that Delta poses. On July 4th, the president made clear that COVID-19 hope has not been vanquished, and Delta is a powerful variant. This is what the president said on July 4th. And in light of recent reporting, it is worth noting that Dr. Walensky said eight days ago that the Delta variant is the most infectious respiratory disease she's been, she has seen in the last 20 years, her 20 years of her career. Our message has always been clear throughout. We need more people to get vaccinated to stop the spread of this variant, and so we have to continue to make that effort. Uh, vaccinated and unvaccinated people infected with Delta have higher viral loads, meaning more virus in their body than with previous variants. The last two did not have that, and so this is what we're seeing in the Delta. High viral loads mean you are more likely to spread it. So in the rare occasions that vaccinated people get Delta in a breakthrough infection, they may be contagious. And this is what we heard from CDC this week. And so the most important takeaway, and I want to be really clear about this because this is critical for, for all of you who report about this and for those who are watching, we should have, the takeaway is we should have from this data and any follow-up reporting is actually pretty simple. We need more people to get vaccinated. That's the answer. We need more people to get vaccinated. That's if we want to stop the spread of this variant and avoid mutations, we can. So we just need to get more people vaccinated. And the good news is that the, vac the vaccinations, they, the vaccines work. So we've got to get out there and make sure people get vaccinated. Uh, the, the president said for the early months of this administration that those who were vaccinated and wearing masks and doing all those things could look toward the 4th of July as that independence opportunity. We now know the CDC is basing some of its new science on a 4th of July party that happened in Massachusetts where the Delta variant uh, was predominant Does this give the president pause about making recommendations about what the public can do? Because he encouraged people who were vaccinated to gather on the 4th of July. A group that did so is now sort of a poster example for the CDC of what can happen with this variant. I mean, you know, Kelly, this, the president has always said he's going to follow the science and he's going to listen to public health experts. That's what we do, right? That's why we're, we, we are all following the CDC guidance on masking. And so that, that's our North Star, as, we, as Jen has said uh, earlier this week. Look, the job of all of us in this room is to communicate the truth about where we are in the pandemic. And this is the, something the president has said from, the, from day one, and also highlight how we can get out of this pandemic. 
So the vaccines work. That's the truth. We know masks work. That's the truth. They save lives and prevent spread of this dangerous Delta variant. So we need the help in communicating the actions we are telling the American people to take and getting vaccinated and wearing a mask. If you're in an area where there's lots of uh, virus circulating, it's more contagious, you have to wear a mask. I know I have one more question that I actually didn't get to for Alex, but I want to make sure that I answer. data. Um, so just wanted to say that um, the CDC's first and foremost priority is getting the American people information as quickly as possible. And so that's what they did on Tuesday. They got it as quickly as they can. They're going to be releasing this data today, as you know. And it was clear that the vac it was clear that vaccinated people had the ability to tra transmit and, and action needed to be taken quickly. And that's why they did it. They did it ahead of releasing the data, and they're going to do that today, as I just mentioned. So in terms of getting information out, like why are the doctors not here in the briefing room to take our questions? Why have we not had a COVID briefing? When we got some update from Dr. Walensky, that was a phone briefing, provides information, but the public is eager to know more about what the Delta variant is doing. You know what, Kilio? I would, I would um, urge you that we had the President of the United States speak to this yesterday, who gave a more than 30-minute speech about where we are as a country. I mean, he is a trusted voice. He's the leader of our country. No, but we heard from him, right? We heard from the president yesterday. We heard from the president about the Delta variant and vaccinations in general uh, the day before yesterday when he was in Pennsylvania, when he was supposed to talk about Buy American, which he did, but he led off talking about the vaccinations. We have had our doctors on your networks, on many of the networks that are here, uh, talking, probably all of them, uh, talking about the Delta variant all throughout these last couple of days. So they have been out there, they have been talking about it, and yeah, we heard from directly from Dr. Lewinsky herself. You know, so this is something that we're going to continue to do. We're going to continue to make sure that we communicate directly with the American people and also hand work hand in hand with local government and state government as well. Thank you. Just to follow up on all of that, um, that you mentioned the uh, CDC's data that was released on Tuesday. I think the question is why doesn't that guidance match the internal memos guidance? Because on Tuesday they updated the mask guidance to say you only have to wear it in places that have high or moderate transmissibility. The internal memo that was leaked says given higher transmissibility and current coverage, vaccine coverage, universal masking is essential to reduce transmission. So one, why don't the recommendations match? And two, should the American public anticipate updated guidance that includes universal masking and also new guidance about large gatherings and how many people should gather given what we are seeing from province now? Well, as you know, Ouija, we do not make those types of, um, you know, decisions from here when it comes to the science, when it comes to guidance, that, that comes from CDC. So the, the questions that you just asked me, I refer you to CDC about the slides and the, the, what you saw in, in the slides specifically, that comes from them and they will have that uh, specific, um, you know, kind of uh, information for you that you're, you're trying to get here. Uh, I will say though, I think the most important thing, and I don't want to get away from this because this is what's most 
critical thing here is that people need to get vaccinated. That's the answer. If we want to make sure that we curb uh, this pandemic, that we curb this, the COVID-19, that we fight, that we win this fight that we're in, we have to get people vaccinated. That's why the president calls this a pandemic for the unvaccinated. We have to make sure that we take care of each other and that they take not just take care of themselves, but take care of each other. And we're talking about our kids who are 12 and under who can't get vaccinated. We're talking about our grandparents, right? We're talking about older people in our lives that we want to make sure are taken care of. And so that is, if anything, that is should be one of the main reasons people get vaccinated to make sure they take care of their families and their community. Answering the questions uh, on your net on your networks, so they've been out there talking about. They're not hiding. They're actually having the conversations with anchors and hosts and answering the hard questions about the Delta variant, about the CDC masking. And so they've been out there. They're not hiding. They're actually speaking to this almost every day. Uh, so you know, and and we heard from the President of the United States yesterday for more than thirty minute speech that many of you were in. ago, only 1% of COVID in the U.S. were Delta. Now, more than 80% are Delta. And so this is where we, we are today with this vaccine. And so it is, we are listening to the experts, the CDC guidance, and this is what they are telling us. If you live in an area that has, that is highly contagious um, and that has high levels, you have to, they are saying, they are, you know, giving the guidance of wearing a mask to protect yourself and to protect them, your community and your family. That is the guidance that we're getting. And some of the preliminary stuff we've seen from the CDC says this new guidance for vaccinated people to mask up is based on data from people who got sick, partying in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Has the White House seen any proof that COVID is spreading, vaccinated people are spreading COVID uh, who are not going to big parties? Here's what we, we know, and I'm just going to repeat again. We need to get people vaccinated. That That is really seeing from, that's what we're hearing from CDC, that's what we're even seeing from these slides, is that people need to get vaccinated. That is how we fight the Delta, the Delta variant, that is how we fight COVID. And then last one, the President said yesterday, it is still a question whether the federal government can mandate the whole country to get vaccinated. He said, I don't know that yet. Does that mean he has asked the Justice Department to see 
So, so uh, what, when he said that across about the, the mandate across the country, um, you know, I, I would encourage you to, to read his statements uh, and make sure you read the contents of his remarks. So a national vaccine requirement is not under consideration at this time. That's where we are with that. But has he asked the Justice Department mm -hmm. to see if it's even possible? I, I don't have any more to ask. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Lot of questions, obviously, about the super spreader event in Provincetown. More than 800 cases, 74% of people there are fully vaccinated. So doesn't that at least suggest that maybe breakthrough cases are rare? But that's not what the that's not what the data shows us. That's not what we've gotten from CDC. We've been t we we know that it is it, the breakthroughs that are, do happen with vaccinated people are are rare. And so right now, what the CDC has told us is because they do know that there are some breakthrough cases, we have to we have to make sure we're masked. And so again, we just have to continue to make sure people get vaccinated. That is the answer. That's how we got to move forward. And that's what we're focusing on here at the White House. So we're supposed to see that as more of a one-off event? No, that's not. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is that what we're focused on, our message is very, very clear, is that we want to make sure that people get vaccinated. That is, yes, that is one event. But what the CDC, uh, the, what the CDC guidance tells us is that the breakthroughs have been rare. This is what the, the public health officials have said. Like, yes, there are breakthroughs, but they have been rare. But the problem is that they are, it is now contagious. Right? And so that's why they're asking us to wear a mask. Where before, with the last two variants that we've seen, it, we weren't seeing that. We weren't seeing vaccinated people pass that along. And so now that has changed with the Delta variant. That is how serious this variant is. That's why our message continues to be, please get vaccinated. On the eviction moratorium, Cuba Sophie in her statement said that only $3 billion out of an allocated $46.5 billion is actually gone out the door. So what is the administration doing to help get more money out the door after? Yeah, so um, that's a good question because that shouldn't be happening, right? We, we, we are aware that the monies are taking some time to get to the, some time from, it's already out in the states, sometimes getting to where the folks who really need it, the, rental, the rent, renters and lawmakers. So what we have done these past couple of days is we made an announcement last week that $1.5 billion of that ERA uh, went out um, in the month of June, and that was the most that we saw in the last five months. Uh, and so we continue to we continue to work uh, to make sure that people are being made aware that this is this is in existence. Look, this this shouldn't be happening. Uh, states should be making sure that these monies are getting out as quickly as possible. And so we and just yesterday, just just this week, we had a day of action to promote the availability of the rental assistance, which reached tens of millions of Americans. Last week, the, treas the Treasury released new data, which I just mentioned with the $1.5 billion. And then, so what we know is that these funds can continue to be dispersed to renters and landlords until, until 2025. And so these emergency rental assistance are so critical, they're so important, and so we're making sure that we continue to work with uh, local, local governments to get that out. And then the people are applying. We've heard tens of thousands of people apply. Yeah. They're just waiting for the funds to I hear you, and that's why we're, we're encouraging the states to get that out as soon as possible. They have it. They need to get that out. Yeah, okay. Uh, Serene, given the seriousness of the Delta variant, are there conversations in the White House or between the White House and its scientific advisors about uh, more lockdowns, partial lockdowns, or, or anything along those lines? 
So that is something that, you know, I, I know this was asked to me yesterday. Uh, the way we see this is that we have the tools in our tool belt to fight this, this, this variant, to fight this vaccine. And we, we, are not, we are not going to head towards a lockdown. We want to make sure that we're doing everything that we can uh, because after passing the historic rescue plan, we have the resources to make sure that doesn't happen. So our role, again, is to make sure that we get that we get people vaccinated as quickly as possible. Look, this vaccine, these vaccines are free. They're easy to get. They've never been easier to get vaccinated. So that is the number one thing that we're trying to do is making that happen. We have the resources to do that. That's what we've been able to do this past six months. We've been able to get more than 160 million people fully vaccinated. 80% of that are, are, uh, are, in, in, are people who are over the age of 65. And so that's what we're going to continue to do. And so our goal is to make sure that we are not headed towards that. That is not going to be uh, the, 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 the direction that we take because we have the tools to prevent that. Yesterday, that the federal requirements for federal workers could be an example for other employers. Can you just explain, um, will federal employees' data be collected when they submit their vaccination status? And will the federal government be paying for the tests that they take if they do not attest to, to being vaccinated? So the Republican lawmakers are executing a historic assault on voting rights across the
say um, about the eviction moratorium because this is I think really important we know that this has a disproportionate effect on those Americans both most likely to face evictions and lacking vaccinations and President Biden would have strongly supported a decision by the CDC to further extend this eviction moratorium to protect renters at this at this moment of heightened vulnerability but like we've all said today unfortunately the Supreme Court has made clear that this option is no longer available so the Supreme Court's ruling stated that clear and specific congressional authorization would be necessary for the CDC to extend the moratorium uh, through July. So one of the things that I do want to say that we have been doing, uh, we have had this whole of government effect to get the word out about the availability of the rental assistance and to support uh, grantees to ramping up their efforts. And so that is our focus because we know that getting that funding to renters and landlords is incredibly key and important. So we've been doing that since day one. And now what we're saying right now, what we have been saying is that we're going to work with Congress to make sure uh, that we're able to extend it. We support uh, Speaker Pelosi and her in her efforts. And what she is trying to do actually speaks to what the Supreme Court laid out in making sure that uh, there is a continuation of the eviction moratorium. Right. having conversations with Congress for some time about this. Uh, this is something that we have been working with them uh, on some, some, with some time about how we move forward. And so this is, so this is, we're going to continue to do that. And we appreciate Speaker Pelosi's efforts, and we're going to work closely with her on getting that done. And he, again, from day one, this administration has been working to make sure that we, uh, we really take care of the most vulnerable in this country who's been affected by COVID-19. to look into how and when uh, and when they will add COVID to the list of mandatory vaccinations uh, for for their for our armed forces. Anything else? I refer you to the DoD. For both civilian and military services. Uh, I, I just know it's the D Department of Defense. That's who that's who he's he's been talking to about getting that done. Uh, okay. So on a separate note, um, it was reported this morning that uh, Senator Sinema, a key then swing vote says she will be not be putting off August vacation plans to vote on your 3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. What's your reaction to that? Uh, look, I know that this has come up, and I just want to be uh, really clear about this and what she actually, what Cinema actually said. And so, um, you know, I'm not going to clearly negotiate or anything like that at the podium, but it's important to be clear about uh, what the senator said. She is going to vote to proceed with the debate on uh, the budget resolution. She expressed reservations about the top line, which she's been clearly clear about, and other senators have said the same, but she's, stand she's not standing in the way of moving this, this process forward. You've been clear that the position of the administration is around the importance of getting vaccinated, but I had a follow-up to Alex's question earlier, because a lot of Americans 
do not know if they are in an area with substantial or high levels of transmission. So while you are trying to get vaccination rates up, is it the position of the administration that local officials in those affected areas should bring back mask mandates? Well, local officials are going to look at the uh, vaccination rate in their area, and they have the flexibility to put that into place, to put mandates into place, as we've seen across the country. Uh, that is not our role here uh, as, uh, as the federal government. We are not mandating uh, mask wearing. We're following, again, CDC guidance, and we encourage we encourage local governments and states uh, to, to adhere or to, to take a look at the guidance and make sure that they keep people safe, right? They keep their community safe and they keep people in their state safe. So that is what we encourage. And at the same time, I'm going to be a broken record on this because this is true. This is the case. We have to make sure we continue to get people vaccinated. And a question with respect to Cuba and the ongoing uh, policy review. I know there's a meeting today, but has there been any movement on actionable steps? Specifically, does the president plan to lift travel restrictions between the U.S. and Cuba and make it easier for Cuban Americans to send money uh, to their relatives on the island, both of which are, which are issues he campaigned on? Yeah, no, and uh, both important issues that we understand to the Cuban people. So we're not going to preview any specific actions here. Um, that is not something that I'm going to do from the podium. Uh, I will say that on the remitt remittances, uh, this is a complex issue that requires co coordination with experts that will help to inform the administration's policy. So at the President's direction, the Department of Treasury and State will form a remittance working group to review available options to establishing uh, those channels. Thank you so much. Uh, you may have noticed those protests last week across the street from the White House. Uh, I don't know if you or anybody from the White House happened to speak to those protesters, but I did, and it's anecdotal, of course, but they say they see no difference between the policy of President Biden towards Cuba and the policy of former President Obama towards Cuba. Is the approach the same of those two presidents, of, of President Biden currently, and the former president, President Obama. So I'm, I'm going to be really clear here. So since day one, we have said many times, many, many times, that the Cuban Americans are the best ambassadors for freedom and prosperity in Cuba. That's what I said at the beginning. Today, the president is going to sit down and to meet with Cuban Americans and, and leaders at the White House. That's what he's going to do in just a few hours, to discuss uh, the demonstrations uh, and the administration's response. And so including applying new sanctions on Cuba, on Cuban leaders, and establishing internet access for the Cuban people. So we want to lift up the Cuban people, and that is going to be our focus. On July 22nd, the Treasury, the Treasury's Office of Foreign Assistance control sanctioned one of the Cuban individuals and one Cuban entity for serious human rights abuses and the repression of peaceful pro-democratic protests in Cuba that began on July 11th. So we are going to continue to lift up uh, the Cuban-American people, the, I'm sorry, the Cuban people, and we're going to have a conversation, as I just mentioned, the President will have one today, and we'll probably have more to read out from that. at a staggering rate. Tonight, new findings from the CDC say the war has changed in the battle against COVID. New data made public today likens the Delta variant spread to the chickenpox. As the virus leaps person to person, it's more contagious than the common cold. 
likely triggering more severe disease than previously known, the Delta strain is also infecting the vaccinated at higher rates, as they carry similar viral loads in their nose and throat as the unvaccinated. And while they too may easily spread the virus, the inoculated are rarely hospitalized. The message is not that the vaccines aren't working. The message is not enough people are getting them. The efficacy of a vaccine that isn't given is exactly 0%. Despite the spike in cases, it's important to remember we are nowhere near last winter's surge in cases or the daily death count. Still, with the new data providing some concrete numbers on breakthrough infections, the concerning findings are why the CDC called for the vaccinated to also wear masks indoors in high-risk communities earlier this week. But scientists recommended the CDC go further, saying universal masking is essential. The Delta variant has been a game changer. I think no one expected that it would have a contagious index as high as this. No one would have expected that this virus could be as contagious, say, as chickenpox virus, or more contagious than smallpox virus. As Disney and Walmart add vaccination requirements for some employees, the CDC is still struggling to convince some Americans to wear a mask, much less get vaccinated. This is more of falling seriously ill every day. So, I love you. I love you. Brody Baker can only see his father, Daryl, through glass. On a breathing tube, he nearly lost his life because he didn't want to get vaccinated. That little boy out there, no reason to have a vaccine. A family nearly torn apart when hope is just a shot away. Miguel, I have to ask, with cases trending in the wrong direction, has there been any talk of possible lockdowns? The left of the White House said there would not be a return to any lockdown, that vaccines can stop the pandemic. And on that front, there's some good news. The average number of people getting new vaccinations is up 30 percent. The United States stands divided over changing guidelines. Just hours after the CDC released this plotted map saying all Americans should wear masks indoors where COVID spread is substantial or high, Nebraska's governor argued the guidance flies in the face of public health goals. At least nine states already have restrictions on mask mandates. It's frustrating. It's confusing. They're sending mixed messages constantly. As Americans and elected leaders struggle to find common ground over simple health measures. Which is it? Vaccines or masks? Do the vaccines work or they don't work? Today, those announcing the change defending their decision to control the spread after telling the vaccinated two months ago they would no longer need masks. Mm -hmm. Something has changed, and what has changed is the virus. The Delta variant is driving COVID clusters in every state. The attorney general in Missouri says he'll sue to overturn Kansas City's adoption of the new CDC guidelines, just as hospitals and hotspots nationwide are on the brink of crisis again. We are full, 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 and it's scary. As major employers like Google and Facebook announced today vaccine requirements for those returning to the office, New York City says they'll soon pay people $100 to get vaccinated. If we get people vaccinated who are not yet vaccinated, if we mask in the interim, we can halt this in just a matter of a couple of weeks. But despite the plea, 100 million Americans have yet to be inoculated. Washington's football team only recently hit the 50% vaccination rate. I'm beyond frustrated. The reason I walked in with the mask on is, you know, I'm, I'm immune deficient. 
despite there is no sign our nation will return to a 2020-style lockdown. But as the Delta variant surges, far too many families will face last year's heartbreak. Miguel, we're just learning a Major League Baseball game has been canceled over COVID. Yeah, Lester, the Phillies national game has been canceled. Reports say 12 players and staff members tested positive for the virus. 11 were fully vaccinated. This highlights that concern for breakthrough infections. States and alarming new findings just released about how easily the Delta COVID variant spread. The war has changed, say CDC scientists who have now discovered COVID-19 spreads as easily as the common cold. And even more unsettling that fully vaccinated people can easily transmit the virus even among other vaccinated individuals. The findings also raising questions over whether the CDC's recently updated mask guidelines went far enough. And despite a growing number of breakthrough infections, the new data still make a strong case for vaccinations. Miguel Almaguer has the latest. As Americans face infection and hospitalization at a staggering rate, tonight new findings from the CDC say the war has changed in the battle against COVID. New data made public today likens the Delta variant spread to the chickenpox. As the virus leaps person to person, it's more contagious than the common cold. It's likely triggering more severe disease than previously known. The Delta strain is also infecting the vaccinated at higher rates, as they carry similar viral loads in their nose and throat as the unvaccinated. And while they too may easily spread the virus, the inoculated are rarely hospitalized. The message is not that the vaccines aren't working. The message is not enough people are getting them. The efficacy of a vaccine that isn't given is exactly 0%. Despite the spike in cases, it's important to remember we are nowhere near last winter's surge in cases or the daily death count. Still, with the new data providing some concrete numbers on breakthrough infections, the concerning findings are why the CDC called for the vaccinated to also wear masks indoors in high-risk communities earlier this week. 
the scientists recommended, the CDC go further, saying universal masking is essential. The Delta variant has been a game changer. I think no one expected that it would have a contagious index as high as this. No one would have expected that this virus could be as contagious, say, as chickenpox virus, or more contagious than smallpox virus. As Disney and Walmart add vaccination requirements for some employees, the CDC is still struggling to convince some Americans to wear a mask, much less get vaccinated. This is more of falling seriously ill every day. Brody Baker can only see his father, Daryl, through glass. On a breathing tube, he nearly lost his life because he didn't want to get vaccinated. That little boy out there, no reason to have a vaccine. A family nearly torn apart when hope is just a shot away. Miguel, I have to ask, with cases trending in the wrong direction, has there been any talk of possible lockdowns? Well, left with the White House said there would not be a return to any lockdown, that vaccines can stop the pandemic. And on that front, there's some good news. The average number of people getting new vaccinations is up 30 percent. Lester? A welcome development, Miguel. Thank you. Let's get a reality check on breakthrough infections. Still a very small percentage of new cases, but spreading at a higher rate than first thought. Here's Gabe Gutierrez. The new CDC's internal report not only acknowledges that so-called breakthrough infections are rising, but that they may be as transmissible as unvaccinated cases. Were you surprised that you had been vaccinated and got sick anyway? Yes, absolutely. Catherine Griegel in Florida is still in isolation after testing positive about a week ago. She was vaccinated back in March. You can still contract the virus and you can still get sick, but you're not going to get as sick as you would if you had it. So I'm very, I feel like I'm very fortunate. The CDC stopped providing public information on total breakthrough infections in late April when the tally hit 10,000. Instead, it only posted data when they led to hospitalization or death. So NBC News reached out to all 50 states. 38 responded. We found more than 125,000 fully vaccinated Americans have tested positive for COVID. According to a CDC internal document, there are now roughly 35,000 breakthrough infections per week. Keep in mind, that's a tiny percentage of the more than 160 million fully vaccinated Americans. If you are vaccinated, you have 25 times less chance of getting hospitalized or dying. In Provincetown, Massachusetts, a COVID cluster of 882 cases is linked to the Delta variant. The CDC analyzed nearly 500 of those infections. About three-quarters of them were in people who had been fully vaccinated. Just four were hospitalized. In Los Angeles County, during the first two weeks of July, fully vaccinated people made up roughly 26% of all new infections. Martha McAdam, a kidney transplant recipient, was vaccinated in February but came down with COVID in March. She was hospitalized for 48 days. If I hadn't had that vaccine, I wouldn't be alive today. And that's why public health experts say the vaccine works despite breakthroughs. A Yale University study recently submitted for peer review estimates that here in New York City alone, the vaccine campaign has prevented a quarter million cases and 44,000 hospitalizations. Lester. Gabe Gutierrez tonight, thank you. In just 60 seconds, our exclusive shocking allegations about a shelter for migrant children. When I had acne, I made up a lot of excuses. I actually am writing a novel.
storm caused mudslides on I-70. Dozens of vehicles got stuck, trapping more than 100 people in Glenwood Canyon. 29 of them had to spend the night in a tunnel and were rescued this morning. And severe weather, including tornadoes, ripped across at least five other states, killing one person and injuring several others. At least a dozen tornadoes touching down in the past two days. Here's Rahima Ellis. In Pennsylvania, a path of destruction. We got a major building collapse. After a powerful tornado tore through areas around Philadelphia, ripping the roof off this car dealership, injuring five. It just looked like a bomb went off. You know, I've been doing this for 34 years. I never saw that kind of devastation. Elsewhere, trees uprooted, power lines down, as heavy rain pounded the area. And in New Jersey, at least three tornadoes barreled across the state. We lost power, and then we were just here, pop, 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 all our back windows were blowing out. It went on for about three, four minutes, and then this is what we were left with. This water spout formed in nearby Bethany Beach, Delaware. Two other tornadoes striking Ohio. In Virginia, damaging wind and hail. Earlier, a tornado from the same system hit Wisconsin, leaving one man dead. Experts say despite the summer's severe weather, it might not be related to climate change, as tornadoes typically strike as far north as Canada. Tonight, a perfect storm of violent weather. Rahima Ellis, NBC News. New insight tonight into how former President Trump pressured the Justice Department to back up his claims of election fraud. Separately, Congress may soon get its hands on his tax returns. Here's Pete Williams. Two days after Christmas, President Trump called the top two officials at the Justice Department who were in charge after Attorney General William Barr stepped down. According to notes taken by the acting Deputy Attorney General Richard Donahue, when the president raised a complaint about ballots in Pennsylvania, Jeffrey Rosen, the acting attorney general, promised to check on it quickly, but added, quote, the DOJ can't and won't snap its fingers to change the outcome of the election. It doesn't work that way. The notes say the president responded, I don't expect you to do that. Just say that the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman. Neither Donahue nor Rosen did any such thing. The Justice Department has now told them both to cooperate with congressional investigations into Trump's actions. And in a big setback for the former president, the Justice Department today said the IRS must give Congress his 2015 through 2020 tax returns. Democrats have been trying to get them for two years, citing a federal law that says Treasury must turn over individual returns when the tax writing committees ask, provided they're kept confidential. The former president can now try to block the handover in court, but legal experts say they doubt he'd succeed. Lester? Pete Williams, thank you. Now to disturbing allegations from inside a Biden administration facility for migrant children. In an exclusive interview, two whistleblowers speak out to NBC's Julia Angel. Tonight, NBC News obtaining these recent images of crowded conditions inside a facility for migrant children at Fort Bliss. And there were these tents just crowded with with kids. Arthur Pearlstein worked there until just last month. He told us COVID spread among hundreds of children. COVID spread very, very rapidly uh, amongst the kids and uh, ultimately amongst many of the staff as well. Another employee, Lauren Reinhold, telling a staff were directed to hide what was happening. We were told to not be on social media to um, limit our conversations about 
the fight with close friends and family and um, to definitely not talk to the media. Both Pearlstein and Reinhold now joining other whistleblowers, filing a report through the Government Accountability Project about what they said were health care failures and overall mismanagement by Health and Human Services. In audio obtained by NBC News, a public health service doctor told staff she would not disclose daily COVID rates. Another tape captures a manager telling employees in May some staff had been sexually inappropriate with children. Concerns about the children's well-being were not heard. I sent things to um, emails to a suggestion box. Many of us did, but we never heard back what happened. The Biden administration has scrambled to accommodate a record surge of unaccompanied migrant children and has come under fire for the treatment of children at other government facilities. The president earlier promising transparency. Will you commit to transparency on this issue? I will commit to transparency. President Biden has said that they are committed to transparency in these facilities. Was that your experience? There was anything but transparency um, at Fort Bliss. There was a rule of secrecy like nothing I've seen before. Health and Human Services told us there are fewer children there now, and they swiftly report allegations of wrongdoing. But Pearlstein says he worries about what's being hidden from the public. Lester? All right, Julia Ainsley, tonight, thank you. Up next, why Christmas shopping right now might be a smart idea. Hmm. In the price you pay, why you may want to start your holiday shopping now. Really, Erin McLaughlin explains. It's known as the most wonderful time of year. But you think it was happening now. Despite sizzling temperatures across the country, Americans pulled out their Santa hats and ugly sweaters to celebrate Christmas in July. Why don't you come to Aspen over the holidays? The Hallmark channels replayed their classics. Shopping channel QVC ran specials all month as retailers braced for the possibility of yet another tough holiday shopping season ahead. There's a real fear that these shortages and supply chain issues that we're facing now are going to be with us through the holidays and the new year. So if there are things we know people want to buy, like those holiday toys and other gifts, we're jumping on the opportunity now. This year, we found Christmas in the most unexpected places, like this bar in downtown L.A. Uh, a lot of us didn't really get to spend Christmas the way we would have liked to this past year. So really giving us a, a do-over. As you can see, they serve eggnog and hot chocolate. Not exactly what you'd expect to be drinking when it's 85 degrees here in Los Angeles, but why not? Merry Christmas. In July. That's nightly news for this Friday from Tokyo. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you for watching, everyone. Take care of yourself and each other. Good night. Hey, NBC News.